It's time for the What in the Podcast. What happens when we die? Do we shuffle off the mortal coil and enter the afterlife? Do we go to heaven? Do we go to hell? Or do we hang around and watch our family members grow old, eventually joining us in the afterlife? Tonight we'll hear stories from our good friends as well as fellow podcasters along with our friend Tracy Hernandez and her mother, Penny Cusick. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the What in the Podcast with your host, Kent Whittington and Adriana Camito. Hello and welcome to the What in the Podcast. I'm your host, Kent Whittington and Adriana Camito. With us tonight, our special guests, again, Hernandez. Tracy Hi Hernandez. Again. Yes. And with us also is her mother, Penny Cusick. Hey, Hello. Did we do that right? Did yes. I say that right? Yes, you did. Okay, okay. great. Just checking. I'm awesome tonight. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so before we get started, I just want to do a few things like we normally do our housekeeping. Um, first, we're going to plug Jerry and Tracy at Hillbilly Horror Stories. They are uh, our spiritual godparents. We love them, and we listen to them all the time. Hi, Tracy. Hi, Jerry. Hope you listen. Uh, <laughs> also, if you do want to send us stories, or if you just want to say hi, you can do it a couple of ways. Uh, one way is through our email address. It's whatinthepodcastgmail.com. Uh, you can also join and uh, interact in our Facebook group. It's the What in the Podcast Facebook group. Real nice and simple there. Um, and also we have a voice messenger set up for the podcast itself. In order to get to that, you want to go to, a, uh, to, to the description for whatever episode you're listening to. Maybe this one. And uh, there'll be a link in the description that'll say voice message. Click on that and you can leave a, leave a voice message. Just say hi, tell us a story, whatever you want to do, basically. So, oh, and I wanted to mention that we actually have another five-star review for the iTunes today. Uh, the gentleman's name is Michael Labs. He is a podcaster himself. He's the host of the Michael Labs Show. Basically, his podcast is about everything they just sit around him and a few of his friends just sit around and pick a subject and talk about it for a while sounds like fun sounds like what we do <laughs> pretty much yeah <laughs> That's awesome. so anyway tonight we are here to talk about those ghost the ghost sorry <laughs> those ghost stories that we've been talking about for weeks on end now it's finally here and we're ready to talk um so let's get started dear do you want to start or shall i or who'd like to start Oh. Would you like to start? Sure. Okay. Why don't you tell the first story? Who is it from? 
Natalia Ernst. Hello, Natalia. Hi, Nat. <laughs> <laughs> so tell her, tell us her story. This it's, is it's her story. One, it, it is. When I was about seven, I lived in a house in Chicago that had been constructed in the 30s or 40s. It even had a skeleton key for the basement door. One night I was laying in bed alone in my bedroom trying to go to sleep. As I lay there drifting to sleep, I felt someone softly stroking my head. It startled me awake and I looked around, but found no one else in the room. Then I heard someone say shh and whatever it was continued to softly stroke my head. I remember it feeling very, I remember it feeling very scared, too afraid to move, but it was nice and relaxing, leaving my emotions conflicted. (laughs) I also remember waking up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom and passed through something super cold in the room. When I went back to my room, the coldness wasn't there anymore. And that is an Italian story. Yeah, a little, a little, little, little creep factor for her there. Yeah. yeah. Comforting yet creepy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, imagine you're sitting there laying in bed trying to sleep and then suddenly something touches you and you don't want to move, but it, you know, it feels so good, but you're so creeped out at the same time. You're like, wait, I'm being touched, but it feels good, but no. Exactly. She probably, probably, I'm, I'm going to have to ask her when this happened, age range, probably when she was little, I'm guessing. Yeah, she said it was a place that her father and her aunt lived in, I think. So it's been around for a while, but like I said, like she said, a bit of 30s and 40s, 30s and 40s yeah. so probably a family home. Oh, um, yeah, I'm sure. I Like I said, I just wonder how old she was when it yeah. happened. That's all. Anyway. Um, I guess it's my turn now. Sure, why not? <laughs> <laughs> all right, let me just choose one here real quick. Sorry about this, folks. I'm a little ill-prepared. There we go. Okay, Ben Solnier. Oh, that's... Sorry about that, folks. I had a problem with my phone locking up. We got it working again here. Um, the next story is from a gentleman named... We're going to call him Bad Ben because he actually hosts a podcast called Chaos Jar. And I told him I'd mention his podcast tonight. Chaos Jar is a podcast about a dark macabre. And it's about the dark macabre and outright bizarre. It's an excellent mix of history, fact, and funny wit. Hosted by J. West, Secord, Bad Ben, and A.T. Token. There you go. You got your shout out. <laughs> anyway, Ben, we're going to tell your story here now. Oh. It's a, it's a good long story, yeah. So it says, my name is Ben. My friends call me Benji. I'm a 33-year-old Canadian living in Kingston, Ontario. I'm originally from, and I'm going to try to pronounce this now, Penetanguishene, Ontario. And he said best of luck in pronouncing that too, by the way. Yeah, no faith. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's an incredibly old town in Ontario and used to be an old British naval base with an asylum and old jail. A lot of old there. Being from such a historical area of the province made me very open to the supernatural and sparked me into paranormal investigating. However, I stopped doing investigations when I relocated to Kingston, and oddly, this brought on the most terrifying encounters of my life. The experiences I'm going to share with you right now is one that still haunts me despite the years since. I'll try to sum this up as best I can, but there's a great deal that happened over a two-year span. Early 2014, I was fresh out of a break. I was fresh out of a breakup, and good friend of mine invited me to hunt for an apartment for both of us to move into. We settled on a unit on Palace Road. The building had 16 units built in the 50s and had been updated poorly over the years. Sounds like some places we've lived under. <laughs> From day one, we had issues with the landlord in the building. 
Also sounds like some of the places we've been. Originally, we were supposed to move into a main floor unit. However, the tenant in that unit was refusing to move out, and we were forced to store our stuff in a basement unit. The unit gave me an unsettling feeling from the moment we were moving our stuff in. Sure enough, the landlord couldn't get the tenant to move and decided just move into this unit. It was I wasn't keen on it, but my friend agreed to it and coaxed me that it was just because of the move. The first few nights came and went, no activity. I still had that unsettling feeling, though. I couldn't quite explain it, but I, but it blanketed me as soon as I walked into the building. But would lift the moment I left. The thought of heading home would just cause this anxiety. I would try to rationalize it as just being a new place since there had been no activity. There was no reaction for my dog or two cats, and my friends seemed to be fine with the unit. However, that would change. It started with my friend. Originally, he was a fun, loving, easygoing guy like myself. However, after the first month, he'd become more isolated. He'd stay in his room for hours, binge-watching shows and scouring the internet. At first, this wasn't very odd. Maybe he was just falling down the rabbit hole. I know that feeling. Then he started skipping work. This was unlike him because he was very reliable. This bled into not showing up for social engagements. He stopped doing any chores around the house. He stopped cooking and would order delivery for everyone. Then he stopped bathing to the point that you could smell him through his closed bedroom door. My dog would sometimes whine when he would come out of his room and all three animals refused to go close to his door. I then found out that he hadn't been paying any bills, including rent. When I confronted him about it, he would try to shrug it off as no big deal. I managed to get the rent caught up and tried talking to him about his behavior, but this just led to him isolated, isolating himself more. One night he came out of his bedroom and I was heading to, out to go on a date with my current girlfriend. He got very confrontational about me going out for the night. The conversation turned to him insulting me and suddenly we were in a heated argument until he just broke down crying, saying that he felt like he wasn't himself anymore. He confessed that he was having a hard time sleeping, that he would hear things in the apartment while I was out, and then he would sometimes find himself in a trance just staring at his wall in the dark. I canceled my date and hung out for the night with him. A few days later, I got back from work and he had packed up all of his stuff and moved out while I was at work. I never heard from him again. I decided that the unit was well-priced and I could easily afford it. I cleaned up his old room and moved into it as it was the bigger bedroom. The first few days that he was gone, that anxiety was, had dissipated, so I attributed that to my friend causing tension. One night I'm getting settled into bed. Now the room I'm staying in is at the end of the hall. The door opens to the entire hall and has a view into the living room. I'd gotten off work early and binge-watched some TV before turning in for the night. I got into bed with my back to the doorway and began to drift off when my dog let out a small whine. I turned over to offer him a reassuring pet, but froze as soon as I had the doorway in my gaze. At the end of the hallway was a hunched figure. It stood there, silhouetted by the dim moonlight in my living room. I brought my hand down slowly to my dog and could feel that all his fur was straight up. He began a low growl. As my mind tried to process the situation in front of me, the figure shuffled forward. It was extremely slow, almost taunting. My dog shot straight up and snarled. I leapt out of my bed and flicked on the light. As soon as the hall became illuminated, the figure vanished in front of my eyes. Bless you.
I stood frozen, staring at the spot the figure had been just a few moments before. It was a few moments before I realized that I had stopped breathing, and this broke the trance. I cautiously investigated my apartment, looking for any sign of an intruder, and found nothing. Deep down, I knew that an intruder wouldn't just vanish into thin air as soon as the light was turned on, but denial is a powerful force. A few days went by, and I wrote the whole ordeal off. Maybe my dog was just being an oddball. Maybe I was burning out from work, and it was causing delusions. Again, denial is a powerful, and yes, Lynn's friend Lynn's, I guess I can hear you saying move the, I can't say that word, out. <laughs> but it wasn't that simple at the time. My girlfriend and I had ended our relationship. We'd been close friends before, and it just wasn't transitioning well into a relationship. So we went back to being friends. So I began dating another woman, and she would occasionally pop by my place while I was at work to walk my dog. One night I got home, and she was sitting in the living room with my dog and had every light in the apartment on. I asked her what was going on. There was an old woman in the kitchen. My blood froze. What do you mean there was an old woman in the kitchen? I came in and took Chase out. When we got back in, I turned on the TV, but before I could select anything on Netflix, I heard something from the kitchen. Chase was really uneasy, so I went to take a look. I walked into the doorway and saw her there, hunched over by the sink. I flicked on the light, and she effing disappeared. Poof. Gone. I spent a few minutes looking through the kitchen and heard Chase letting out barks from the living room. I went out there and I saw her again, standing there in your bedroom. I turned on the hallway light and she was gone, just like in the kitchen. It freaked me out. I knew you'd be home soon, so I turned on all the lights and just waited there with Chase. I was really freaked out. I could see how scared she was by all this. We decided to sleep at her place for the night. I had the next day off, so as soon as I got back to my apartment, I got out my spirit box and began a session. I got mostly nothing but gibberish as I wandered from room to room. I felt frustrated but slightly relieved that there was no communication from the box. That all came crashing down when I entered the living room. I was ready to give up, but as I went to turn off the box, I swore I heard my name come through clearly. I froze and asked, did you just say my name? Yes. It's Ben. I felt the chill sweep through my body, the goose flesh spreading as I spoke. What is your name? Lucille. Why are you here? Live here. Husband. You live here with your husband? Nothing. You said you live here with your husband? Yes. I'm sorry, Lucille, but I live here now. Nothing. Lucille, you're dead. Again, nothing came through the box. I called out again a few times, but no response. I ended the session and turned off the box. That's when I heard it. A soft tapping coming from my bathroom. I walked to the door and stared in bewilderment as I saw that the medicine cabinet kept popping open an inch, then closing softly. It kept doing this over and over again. Lucille, you have to move on. This is my home now. The cabinet shut and silence rang through the apartment. It remained like that for a few weeks. I honestly thought it was over, that Lucille had moved on. I burned some sage and sweet grass and said a few prayers just to be at ease. One night, sorry, just to be at ease. Life was back to normal and I felt fantastic. That was until one night I woke up in the middle of the night to that familiar shuffling sound. Chase was standing and growling again. 
I got out of bed and looked into the hallway to see that hunched woman making her way to the door. Lucille. The figure stopped. What do you want? The figure shuffled backwards and vanished into the living room. I turned on the hall light and walked around the apartment. No sounds or flashes of motion. I decided that was it. I was moving out. I gave my notice to my landlord and made arrangements for a friend and I to move into a place for the, for the first of the month. I felt a wave of relief and began packing. The activity stayed pretty low-key in the final month. Occasionally I'd hear a sound I couldn't explain or see a quick dart of shadow, but nothing overtly unsettling. My final night in the apartment, I was laying on my bed and watching YouTube videos on my phone. I could feel I was drifting off to sleep and felt super relaxed. I don't know why, but that relaxed feeling was replaced abruptly with an unbelievably oppressive feeling. I sat up in bed, suddenly feeling as though the air had become heavier. That's when my closet door swung wide open. I stared in horror as bony fingers with long pointed nails gripped the door frame. Slowly a figure began to pull itself from the darkness. It was long and gaunt. No hunch or frailness to be seen. It was humanoid, but so tall, all limbs long. My dog hopped right onto the bed and began to growl. However, he soon backed down and fell against me as the being in front of us let out this blood-curdling moan. As soon as the moan escaped its maw, I snagged Chase by the collar and bailed on the apartment. I spent the rest of the night at a local coffee shop and waited for morning. I packed up the next day and moved. I honestly thought that was the end of it. I slowly put it all behind me. I was still very wary of closets and the settling groans of my new place, but I felt much better having a roommate made me feel much more at ease. The living arrangements was a little odd for us. Her daughter and she had taken both bedrooms. I moved into the living room, but it was better than sleeping in a haunted unit. Her room had a door that led into the living room. We rarely used it as there was a second door connected to the bathroom, so she would come in and out through that one to respect my privacy. One night, we were in the living room and watching a TV show when we heard a quick rapping at the door leading to her room. It startled both of us, and we went to investigate. We looked everywhere but found nothing. I was just telling her it must be sounds from the upstairs neighbor when, I, when there was a loud bang at the door, and the door shook. I quickly ripped open the door and was met with nobody on the other side. We were both pretty freaked out, so she asked me to stay in the room with her at night. That night, sorry. A few nights later, I was lying on my bed and slowly falling asleep when suddenly my roommate let out this screech. I go running into her room and she's pointing at the closet saying something about a hand that was reaching out. I took a look, but my mind had gone right back to that thing in the closet at my old place. I knew I wouldn't find anything and volunteered to stay in her room again that night. As we were settling in, I suddenly could hear rushing, sorry, rustling from her closet. I heard, her breathe tense, I heard her breath tense up and saw her bring her gaze to the closet. I sat up slowly, locking my gaze on the closet. At first, it was only the rustling, things slowly shifting in a cluttered closet, then the long fingers and that terrible moan. My blood turned to ice. I sat there frozen, trying to comprehend what had happened. How had it followed me? Was it attached to me? Is that what happened? The thing's head emerged from the closet. I still can't explain why, but I suddenly called out, Lucille, stop! 
The thing froze and its head snapped towards me. I took this quick rush of courage and stared it down, shouting at it to go back, to leave us alone. I must have screamed, get the F out, a dozen times. Eventually, this being vanished back into the closet. I stood there, glaring at the vacant closet for ages until my roommate brought me out of the spell by touching my arm. We spoke about what happened and were on the edge for the remainder of our time in that apartment, but it never came back, never resurfaced. I have no explanation for it. I don't know what Lucille actually was or if that creature was Lucille. All I know is that this was one of the most terrifying ordeals of my life, and I'm glad it has never come back. Many apologizes for going on so long. <laughs> Actually, it's a fairly, fairly interesting story. Mm -hmm. don't, creepy, scary, but interesting. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was all that long. I mean, no, not that long at all. Though. I've seen longer. Yeah. <laughs> I've read longer. So what was your take on it? Anybody? I wouldn't want to live here. Me either. Oh, no. <laughs> there are places that you just get vibes. Just walking down the street downtown here in Sacramento, mm -hmm. that you get vibes off certain buildings. And buildings have personalities and lives of their own, especially Histories. if they're old enough. Yeah. Histories, and yeah. If you are sensitive. Oh, yes. If something might have found a way to follow, follow him because, oh, looky, I have a target. Mm -hmm. It responded to me. House, you left me. I wasn't done picking at you. So here I am. Fine, I have to stop picking on you for now. Definitely. For now. Yep. <clears throat> Excuse me. Well, Bad Ben, thank you for that story. We appreciate that. Um, why don't we go on you, Tracy? You got a story to tell, don't you? Or your mother. Whoever wants to go first. You want to talk about the so, the, the, so, yeah. Our house that I grew up in was built in 1950. And same as, as the house I live in now, which mm -hmm. is my grandparents' house. And um, had one owner before us. And I have no no knowledge of that owner at all other than an owner she, before us. Yeah. Um, in the house, the one that I remember the most is the blue lady. <clears throat> Pardon my squeak. She, the, okay, so the house is, is a square, okay? You come in the front door, there's a, a, a living room and, and dining room, go into the kitchen, and then out the side, there's there's a converted uh, carport, not carport. Yeah, it was a carport. And we've turned it into a laundry room now. No, no, that's not what patio. I'm talking about. The patio, thank you. The patio that was turned into the family room. The carport is not yeah. not separate at all. This is what happens when you get two family members together <laughs> to tell a story. Oh, yes. <laughs> so in the corner, the front corner of the room is where the water heater is. And as a child, that water heater was at least for me that the little knockout because the blue lady was right there now i have to explain that the, the original owners of the house moved the original water heater which was in the center of the house between the kitchen and the bathroom uh -huh. they moved it out to the outside wall of the family so the house never had warm water okay or never had hot water it had warm water it, <laughs> it took a while to get warm water warm. right so as a child, like two, three, four, up until I was 15, 16, until puberty began to hit, that was the area I wanted to be at. The blue lady was there. She wasn't scary. She wasn't old. She was an older lady, but not, not old tiny dress. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it other than it's a blue gown. Okay. A, a simple, like, 
So this wasn't a misty form or Not something like that. You form. could see she her was, clearly. She was there for me. Okay. For the adults, no. Didn't see a thing. Did she um, look physical to you then? Like real? No, she was she was still see through, but she I knew she was she wasn't scary. She was motherly, grandmotherly, auntly, matronly type. She she was we we my friends and I would would put together haunted houses in the back in the family room and that'd be the scary spot because that's where she would be. But right. it wasn't scary. It was her spot. Okay. I remember being two, three, maybe four years old. It's August. We're about to have the potbelly stove that's been in the house removed from the family room. Okay. And I'm and I'm I'm attached to this potbelly stove. Okay. I love that potbelly stove. I remember all but worshiping that potbelly stove. And I had mom and dad fire it up one more time. And I took a nap on the couch. So there's a height of it in the back. And mom and dad, it's, you know, 185 degrees in the house now. Uh-huh. They go to the, to the the house where there's air conditioning. And I'm napping on the couch and the blue lady stroking my hair because we're sitting there enjoying the fireplace, the, the, the pot belly stove together. She was just part of, you know, a fixture of the house for me. When I began to get in my teen years, she began to fade and I began to hear her cry. Now I could hear her laugh. I wouldn't hear her talk, but I began to hear her cry, just becoming more of a sad cry. Time passes. I move out. I get married. We move back in. I found out I'm pregnant with my son. I'm staying in the room with my husband and I, because we were getting, you know, we had left a very stinky situation. for coming back home before my grandparents said, hey, he needs a house. So I'm laying in bed, Joel's asleep, and I begin to hear her cry again. As I'm, the further along I get pregnancy, the more I'm hearing her cry. And this time it's not a sad cry, it's a, like, there's someone coming here, I can be seen again type thing. And I'm, I'm like, yes, the babies, yes, type thing. Vincent would turn to that corner. So I, I think that, that she was... I don't think she's tied to the house. I think she's probably tied to part of the neighborhood. Okay. I think she's probably heaven, you know, heavenly happy over the neighbor next door having a baby because I think that's in her range. She's got that grandmotherly aspect to her. She's got the, you know, there's a baby here and it's just something she could watch over. I know that, that Becky and Heather and I, would play out there for hours. Vicky and Becky and I, the other Becky, and I would play for hours there because that was that was where it felt most comfortable. Uh-huh. That was that's where you took the markers to my window sill. Sorry, <laughs> she didn't say no. She didn't. Say no. <laughs> she didn't have to clean it up. <laughs> but that's you know it was it was that was the the, the safe zone uh-huh. feeling. And, not yeah. so safe when your mom caught you though apparently we well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can't do it beyond that right right remembers your closet door thank you but that's what children do this is true <laughs> yes they draw on everything yes see the see see the companies have gotten smart now now they make washable stuff that you can yes. write on everything and doesn't damage anything yep yep, yep. <laughs> or the chalkboard paints too so you can yep. do a yep. section thing yeah, yeah. Well, and then definitely. we have sam who lives on the refrigerator. Sam does not want anything glass on that refrigerator. 
when we moved in, we had white textured tile in the kitchen and it had a niche in front of the fridge. Oh, and there was also at the side of the stove. Yeah, there, there were two niches. They were about three feet out from each of those. And and there was a point where, where someone, I don't remember if it was Joel or what, someone put, uh, put too much, too many baking sheets, cookie sheets on top of the, the stove. Now granted, you couldn't have glass on the fridge because glass was thrown to that spot. But the stove, he was in front of it and the, can, the pans started falling towards him, redirected and fell to the side. Pans don't go, hey, 90 degree angle fall. That's true. No, they don't. <laughs> Not by my experience. No, no, they usually land on top of you. Yes. Or, or, yeah, they, they fall land on my foot usually. Yeah, yes. so something like that. Glass. I had Bosco on the floor. Nothing oh, horrible. Yeah. I know how messy that is to clean up. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So it, it was, we don't put anything glass on the refrigerator. We have a new refrigerator, but we still don't put glass on top no. of the we, we went through two fridges that I can remember, and it would fall the exact same spot. Mm -hmm. If it was overloaded up there, if it was you know glass, if it was something that, that wasn't safe to put up on top of the fridge, same spot. So Sam just didn't like anything no, up top. No. It had to be clear. Crackers. Food dog stuff's treats, okay. Yeah. Dog treats are fine, but anything glass would land exact same spot every time. So wow. you know, we just decided, you know, Sam had his rules and we had to follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it saves a lot on mess. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I just don't clean yeah. up. Yes. We put in a new floor now, and, and the thing has landed on it. So we still don't put all in the same spot. That's a broken tile. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> well, right now, I think it's a good time to just take a quick break. Uh, for, for us, I mean, we're going to go into uh, another listener's story. Uh, she uh, recorded this with us uh, about a week or so back. Her name is Kira Majerik, and we're going to tell let her tell her story right now. We're here with Kira Majerik, who's going to relate a ghost story to us. This is a personal ghost story, right? Yes. Okay. Um, go ahead, whenever you're ready. Okay, so my story is an interesting one that happened a few years ago. My daughter was four, four and a half years old. She's now seven. And we were swimming in the pool, and we found a dead dragonfly before we even got in. And this thing was long since drowned. And the little dragonfly upset my daughter because she loves bugs. And so we took the dragonfly off the side of the pool and let it sit there for a little while. It was me and my sister, my little nephew, who was an infant, and my daughter. We swam for a little while, then my sister went inside because it was the nephew's uh, bedtime, or sorry, nap time. And she took the dragonfly inside, and, and we were kind of debating on using it for like scientific exploration, stuff like that, little things we could do with a four-year-old in a microscope. And a little while later, we go inside to take a nap with the little one, and well, not we, she, long, tiring day for the little tiny mermaid. And um, so she sleeps up for three, four hours, so quite a bit of time has passed since we've had this dead dragonfly that was drowned in the pool. And dragonflies can play dead, but it's typically a very short amount of time for the females to avoid mating. Many more hours passed than what that dragonfly was supposed to play dead, and it was stone cold dead. So as we're leaving to go home after my daughter's nap time, we put the dragonfly in her hands, and I'm packing up everything, and she says, Mommy, the dragonfly's moving. And I figured it's because she opened the door. And I said, of course, the little one's the dragon. It's wings. 
She goes, no, it's flapping its wings. It's moving. Okay, before you go too far, Kira, we lost you for just a second there. Can you go back okay, to the part where? No, just no. go back to the part where you where you open the car door. And she said, "Mommy, it's moving." That's where. And you okay. Were, sorry. So yeah, just so go, go there. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, so little Mom wakes up from the nap. We give her the dragonfly, and I'm packing up. And she opens up the door to my sister's house as we leave, and um, she says, "Mommy, the dragonfly is moving." And I said, of course it's moving, the wind is blowing the wings around. And she says, no, mommy, the wings are flapping. And my sister and I stop and we look at each other and then we look at the dragonfly and sure enough, the dragonfly's four wings are moving up and down. And it's not a normal, graceful thing that the dragonflies do. It's more of a robotic energy type thing. Like it's a a switch that is turned on and the thing's trying to move. Kind of a jerky motion, basically. Kind, kind of a jerky motion, yeah, not graceful at all. Okay. And my sister and I are like, okay, that's, so that's happening. And then the little one mentions that it's looking around. And sure enough, the little head is moving back and forth, and it's the same jerky motion. It's You can tell it's not alive moving, but it is moving on its own. And... That was really interesting. We expected to stop. We let her hold the dragonfly. We load her up in the car. I drive home. I'm about 25, maybe 30 minutes away from where my sister lives. And the entire time home, my daughter's talking to the dragonfly and singing to the dragonfly. And and even in the pool, I forgot to mention, even in the pool, she kind of said a little prayer over it and offered energy to the dragonfly. And the whole thing was very weird. The, the dragonfly moved all the way until we got home. And then when my daughter put it down, it stopped moving immediately. And anyway, I called her up and I said, hey, the thing has finally stopped moving. And my daughter named it, I think it was Flutterby or something like that. So we decided to bury it instead of making a science experiment out of it because that now was a part of my daughter. Right. And it was a very interesting experience. And I, I talked to a bunch of other people that I know, high priestesses and things like that, about what was going on. And they were thinking that she was lending some of her energy to that dragonfly so it can rest easier. Either that or you got a little necromancer yeah. on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> she hasn't done it since. Are we, that's not the only story with my daughter and spirits. But that's the more weird one out of all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, now, you said you had a few of them. Did you want to... Now that she's getting older. Yeah. Now, you said you had a few of them. Did you want to tell another? I, I can definitely tell another. Sure. Go right ahead. And Feel free. Probably about the same time, maybe a little closer to five years old, she wakes up from a nap and comes downstairs and says, Mommy, Mommy, we need to help the lady. And I, I don't know what you mean by help the lady. And she goes, there's a lady in my room. We're at my, my parents' house for napping at this time. And it was actually probably closer to four and a half. I go, Lily, there's nobody else up there. She goes, no, mommy, come look. And so I go upstairs and in a room that actually used to be my room when I was a kid. Um, she told me that there was a lady that was in there. And she was bleeding from her face and she was in a lot of trouble. And she wasn't scared of this lady. It was just a matter of fact, we need to help this person. Okay, so I know in my mom's house as I grew up, um, there was a lot of activity in that house. I used to have the paralysis sleep and things like that. There, we knew there were spirits in there. My parents had seen them. I'd seen them. 
but we've never had interaction with them like this other than the one trying to hold us down when my dad wasn't home. So we we did a little bit of research into what the house what was going on in the house and my sister and I are very sensitive and my dad is very sensitive to things and we decided to do a cleansing of the house and what it sounded like is there was a man that was stalked in the house, a, a male spirit that was, uh, there was he was torturing a child and a mother spirit or a woman spirit. We called them the child, the mother, and the man. And my daughter was the only person this woman could reach out to. She was the only one that my daughter could see. And my daughter became scared of scissors. And she said it's because the man would cut the woman with the scissors. Oh, and so man. the woman would be bleeding from her house, her face. And this didn't scare my daughter. She just said this needed to happen. The scissors themselves, like, you need to be careful with those, Mommy, because you don't want to be cut like the woman was. And uh, my dad and sister and I ended up cleansing the house. We did a huge ritual to get rid of the spirits from the house. And the next day, the child was happy and gone. And then the woman looked like a woman. She wasn't bloody anymore. She was clean. And she was more... Um, a lot more rest than we got the man out of there and it was the complete difference in uh, what the woman was uh, looking like to my daughter again my, we couldn't see her anything other than like a shadow of the corner of the eye but my daughter could actually see her and that blew me away first off she wasn't scared of it which was just that blew my mind because you always know, hear about children being scared of these more than adults are but she's just very very matter of fact <laughs> four and a half five years old this needs to happen and once it happened, that spirit stayed in the house for quite some time and then finally was able to move on and the, the house became much calmer. Sounds like your daughter might be an old soul. <laughs> That's what my dad said the minute she was born. Oh, she was I, a like, baby that cried. <laughs> I was told that by my mother's best friend who was a sensitive uh, growing up. She was my adopted mom. So yeah, no, it sounds like she's an old soul, maybe reincarnated yeah. many times. If she's not afraid like most children, definitely. Sounds more had, like, Sorry. I can tell you some more stuff she's done. She actually has told me about other lives she's had. Um, we know that the life before us, she was killed by a car because she was terrified of cars when she was about 18 months old. I went across the street without us carrying her. And we finally asked her what happened. She goes, well, my tummy, one of those things hit me and my tummy hurt. But right across here, she showed me across her stomach. And it sounds like she was pinned by a car and bled out very painfully. So she was scared of them. Oh, and then it sounds like her spirit came to my parents' house because she was able to describe my parents' house the way it looked 15 years ago before renovations happened. Rooms that don't exist anymore and things like that. And, and she's very sensitive. <laughs> sounds like it. So she sounds amazing. So, so now is this something that you've cultivated with her too? Or is it just starting to wear off now as she gets older? We've actually cultivated with her. We, um, I don't allow anybody to tell her it's not true because I firmly believe that it all is. Because mm -hmm. I, I see these things too. And so we've cultivated it with her and things like that. She's just a little more of like, okay, this is happening. Like um, animals that have passed away in our house and had a cat that's passed away around her and a bird. She still sees them and interacts with them. And she, she'll do spiritual things. Um, a couple of weeks ago, she was telling me about how she gets frustrated when people don't do what they're supposed to do. And a crystal dragon was telling her that um, they need to be taken care of, they need to be killed, because some humans need to have that happen. And we had to tell her, no, 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 no. Not everything that tells you things that are beautiful. And there was a big dragon queen that was telling her this. And I go, not every beautiful thing that says that they're a queen is good. 
and I have a, a spirit that protects me, and I tell her to go talk to Luna and ask her what's going on. So she has a couple of guardian spirits that follow her. One's a big white wolf, and then one is my uh, it's a dragon spirit of mine that follows her around too that's very drawn to children. Okay. So once she gets in with those ones, it calms down, and then they protect her and everything. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's been a long thing with her seven years, and we very much listen to everything. We don't tell her nothing of it's tr untrue. We try to guide her to doing things more easily for her. We've um, done some energy learning with her to help her calm down and to figure out what's going on around her, too. She's very sensitive. How old is she now? She's seven. She just turned seven. Just turned seven. Oh, okay. just turned seven. <laughs> and, you know, as we get older, we start to not feel it as much. But she's definitely not as that she has never brought anything else back to life ever again but just mm -hmm. that one dragonfly she hardly remembers it too oh, yeah. which is something that happens <laughs> no it's definitely, a fun child <laughs> yeah it's definitely interesting and i'm glad to hear that you're cultivating her her ability a lot of parents it scares them and they try and like oh it's not real it's not real and they try and that's why kids forget all of the things that they remember when they were little and saw and experienced yeah here we we are firmly uh, in agreement that children who exhibit abilities like that need to need to be cultivated yeah we, we are oh yeah it's as much as learning how to read and everything else you have to learn how to deal with it properly but it's definitely there and it's real oh yes and telling her that it's unreal would make her not trust me too mommy doesn't trust them in vain so why should i go with her right for and anything you, and if you don't yeah. and if you don't teach them eventually they forget yeah. And it goes away. Yeah. And this is this is this is a skill set that she'll have for the rest of her life. So it's great. Yes. <laughs> and it helps her love creatures around her more. If she can see their spirits for a while, mm -hmm. then she'll actually understand what's going on in the world a lot better. So if somebody dies around her, she's not quite as upset because she knows their spirit is there and most of the time she can still see it. But it also helps her understand the things that are going on in the universe around her as well. So yeah, we, we definitely, my whole family and I, we always encourage it and accept it and all that kind of stuff. Like I said, I see a lot of this stuff too, but not to the extent she does. <laughs> well, we're glad you're doing that. And thank you for sharing with us. It's great. It really, oh, you're I, welcome. I'm, I'm fascinated by this, by the story, the dragonfly story, but the, the ghost story too. It was, it was a, it was a nice little bonus. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm happy to share. <laughs> so um, I forgot what I was going to say. My brain's gone. It's been a long day. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there, and it's hot outside, too. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, stay inside. Enjoy the cool air. Hopefully you have it. Thanks for coming on and talking to us. Oh, thank you for having me. Can't wait to hear it on, the, on your podcast. Can't wait, can't wait to show it. Can't, yeah, not show, share. Share, show, whatever. <laughs> I'm messing with him. All our friends keep saying, I want to watch your podcast. I was like, you, you don't watch this podcast. You listen to it. <laughs> I find listening easier because then you don't have to focus so much on it. And you can just hear what's going on and make your own pictures and things like that. Too. <laughs> but yeah, and I can, I have my, my hands and mind is free while I'm listening to like do other things like crochet or other stuff. And it keeps me busy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me well, and letting me share with you guys. Oh, no, you guys have our, a fantastic day. You, you too. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. You too. Bye. Bye-bye.
Wow. Now that kid is something, isn't she, dear? Very special. I kind of wish I had the ability to bring something back for a bit. But hey. I'd be afraid of what come back as. <laughs> but that's just me. Just me. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, Penny, why don't you go ahead and tell your story? Well, this starts in 1972. Mm -hmm. My husband and I were stationed at Yokota Air Base, Japan. And if you've never been stationed overseas, you have limited entertainment. You had, we had Japanese TV, which, of course, we didn't understand. Of course. We had the Far East Network radio shows, which we did understand, and we could listen to old-time shows. We had a bowling alley on base. We had a theater, and once a week, they would change theater, they would change movies. Mm -hmm. And we took up games over there, and we had moved off. We had moved. We had been living off base. We moved on to in on-base housing and we met our neighbors and one of our neighbors Cindy Moore and I were bored we had played Yahtzee and we had played Canasta and we played Pinochle and she bought herself a Ouija board and she said you know let's give it a shot well I had had some experiences in the past not necessarily with Ouija board, but at a seance that did not go well. But okay, I'll give this a shot. And uh, we set up the first time, I believe it was in our front room. And at that time, we had a dachshund named Chris. And Chris was very, very attached to me. And we sat down to start on this Ouija board, and Chris came right over and walked himself down beside me and paid very close attention to the whole thing. And we came across a spirit named Aga. I'm sorry, what was the name again? Aga. Aga. A-G-A. Okay. Uh, she was very sweet, very informative. And she was very interested in what we were doing as well as what she was doing, what we wanted to know. And we had been told years ago, I had been told, that if you ask a Ouija board, who is your master? It will always answer Satan, which makes you kind of uneasy getting into it. To begin yeah, with. I would think so. Oh, yes. And we would talk to Aga, and we asked her her life story. She's asking us hours. We're asking her questions. And she had been married, but her husband betrayed her, and she killed her husband, which is why she was in hell. She was more or less the wife of Satan and had a son there, and she was not a happy spirit there. And she was asking us about things that happened in our lives. And she acknowledged my dog. And if we went down to Cindy's house, Cindy's cat, Bukio, which means stupid in Japanese, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a good name for her, but she would come and she would sit near the board with us whenever we were on the board mm -hmm. and pay attention. And so, of course, Aga goes, what's his name? The dog, Chris. So she would, when she came, she would say hello to us and hello to Chris. If we went down to Cindy's, what's the cat's name? Buki. 
Hello, Buki. And include Buki. Mm -hmm. And uh, she took a strange interest in my husband. My husband's name is Chuck, but she always referred to him as, uh, as Pink. Is Pink home? How's Pink doing? But okay. she liked it. And we were on with her for a long time. Chuck would come through and just roll his eyes. That's what he does now. Shakes his head, rolls his eyes, and walks away. <laughs> and she would say, oh, he'll think hi. Because he would walk by. Mm -hmm. And then one time she asked what we did away from the board. And I told her that we were, Chuck was on a bowling league made up of the shops of the squadron he was in. Mm -hmm. And she asked what bowling was, and I said, oh, God, how do I explain bowling to anybody? <laughs> and so she asked if she could go along. Okay. And we went to the bowling alley. Now, I have to preface this with the fact that my husband's team was next to the last. They were that bad. <laughs> Sounds they like my team. <laughs> really bad, okay? <laughs> And we went there, and I was I was scorekeeper, which was not an easy thing for me because I don't do math well. But anyway, I'm keeping score. And all of a sudden, she's there. And I don't know how to score the game. What the hell is going on? Aga wants to know how you score bowling. Uh -huh. So I had to have another wife come up and take over while I explained to her, you know, this is a strike, and this is a spare, and you want to get strikes and spares, you get one, blah, 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 blah. And they roll the ball down here and then they go and she got really excited about it and you know so if they roll the ball down and knocks all the pins down this is good i said yes well immediately everybody on the the left hand lane got strikes every time they rolled the ball well, well this is weird okay um <clears throat> okay so then they switch, as you know, in bowling, you switch to the other lane. Well, right. it didn't follow to the other lane, and our team was as bad as always on the other. So they don't, okay, okay, now, Olga, 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 listen to Olga. me. Listen to me. They change names. Oh! So when Fink goes up there, that's Fink's, yeah, that's Fink's team. Mm -hmm. Well, they began to improve. Okay. And the guys are going, what the heck is going on? And my friend Karen knows about this. We've talked about it. And she explains her husband is sitting there shaking his head just like Chuck. And, you know, explained that, you know, Aga was this spirit and she was very interested. And they go, well, put Aga's name up there. God, she's going to help us. Put her on. We're up there. They went from second to the last to the most improved team. <laughs> and the guy said, put Aga up every week, put Aga up there. Mm -hmm. She loved that. And then one time we told her we were going to, I was going to the theater. We we're going to go see Charlotte's Web. Now, I don't know if you ever had the story read to you in elementary school, but it was one of my favorite, mm -hmm. favorite not, books. Not read to in elementary school. I mean, I saw, I saw the cartoon hundreds of times. Um, I think the story, I, I, may have checked out the library once and read it. Well, they were playing the cartoon, the mm -hmm. one with Deborah, Debbie Reynolds as, mm -hmm. as Charlotte, Charlotte yeah. and Paul Lind as the rat. And I told her, yep. yep. I don't like the new version with uh, Dakota Fanning in it. Yeah. I just, I didn't. 
I didn't even, I haven't seen it. I, I, I saw years. it for like five seconds and stopped while I'm like, I'm done. <laughs> we went to the oh, theater. I have a didnimus. And she asked, can I come? <laughs> well, how do you tell a spirit you can't come? So, yes, we went. And I'm sitting there in the theater and I'm suddenly aware of the fact that I'm studying the exit lights, the signs of lit, and all the lights and all. Of course, now, Aga was a long time ago and this is electricity and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. Oh, okay, you're here. Fine, okay. Well, I emoted through that whole movie twice as much as I ever did in my entire life. Cried in the whole bit. But okay, Olga, okay, Olga, 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 I know you got it. You, you enjoyed it. Back off. <laughs> so you were feeling her emotions, basically. I was feeling her emotions. Okay. And, you know, she, she, you know, she thought she just loved the movie. And I said, well, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. This is another good thing that mm-hmm. we have going. And then we would go back to the house and, and we would get on the board again. And we were on there for quite a while. And one time Cindy was down reading a book. having She says she can't remember which book it was, but somewhere in it, it said something having to do with if you are truly repentant for a sin that you have committed, mm-hmm. you can be redeemed, you can be forgiven, you can be, you know, you will be able to go to heaven. Right. And Cindy suddenly, her aunt, she says she was crying and she had to read that passage two or three times and say, yes, this is what it says right here, August. And August says, if it's true, is it really true? And we said, well, you know, as far as we know it is, you know, the Bible says that. Mm-hmm. And she said, oh, oh, she was so excited. She just couldn't think about it any longer. And she told us, you know, that, that we we needed to, to give her some time. And then she went back to the board a couple of days later. And she was very, very insistent that Chris was my guardian. Buki was Cindy's guardian. Mm-hmm. And that... That's why they were always with us when we were on the board because we didn't know who was going to come through. Right. And she told us, you know, that she wanted us to please ask her who her master was. There you go. You know, so, who's your master? And she, the table just slid. I mean, it was everywhere, and it went God and goodbye, and she was gone. And we're thinking, oh. <laughs> What just happened? Right. You know, we, we released her. Well, the next time we got on the board, we got somebody who was not friendly. I don't even want to say his name. I know what it is. I hate to even think the name. He was not friendly. And he was very upset that we had helped Aga to escape her torment. torment uh-huh. yes. And I take it, she had a son, and she wanted very much for her son to go with her. So I take it that this person was really angry because she took her son with her. Right. And he began to cause uneasiness, very uncomfortable feelings. The dog, Chris was, well, Chris was my constant shadow anyway, but he was even more of a shadow. And Buki was with Cindy more. And she remembered something, and she talked to Tracy about it, and I had blanked it from my memory. But at one point... We both had the same experience, she tells me. Um, we had, it, we, she says we had been wearing something, but she can't remember what it was that we had been wearing for quite a long time. And we had both removed this piece of jewelry from our bodies that night. Okay. She never found hers again. I do not remember any of this. 
But that same night we both had, she says it wasn't a dream. She knows darn well she was awake. She saw a demon's face in the mirror. But but the mirror, what what Cindy, what I what I remember, I can vividly see it from how Cindy would tell us is the mirror in Japan, you needed two hands to open. So you had to pinch in two spots the, to get the, it to open. The, the medical the medical cabinets mm -hmm. took two hands. You had to pinch and then you had to flick. Okay, yeah, I've seen, oh, seen yeah. safety lashes like so that. Did yeah. we have one on the back of the... Uh, we had this weird cupboard behind our stove, which was for the medical... For the medicine... Oh, yeah, it had the they, switch and you had to open it, it up had, and yeah, put the we, switch on had, the, in the back of it. Yeah, it was get it bizarre. Open. But they can't fly open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and no, I remember her saying it because, because her kids, Ricky and Jenny and Becky and Heather and I were all sitting around. She's, and I, I kid you not, as, as I walked into the bathroom, the medicine cabinet flew open and the face of the devil was in it, was in the mirror. And I'm like, I can see that. <laughs> That's in my brain. Yep. <laughs> I it's stuck in don't there. remember seeing the face. I do remember her telling me the door flew open at her. And she had gone to bed another night and she had had a dust moth by the door. Behind the door when it was open. And Buki, the cat, was sleeping at the foot of the bed. And she woke up in the morning, and the dust moth was in three pieces coming from the door to the bed. Broken. And broken. That, like somebody taking over their knee and snapped it. And Or tried or to get it hitting. Tried to, to hit. get to her, and Buki stopped it. Mm -hmm. And Buki's still on the bed. And, and she said that Buki would start out in the bedroom, but never stay because cat. Right. Yeah, cats are cats are cats. Yeah, but Buki was <laughs> One or two different Buki, worlds. <laughs> she woke up and Buki was on the bed and he was a broken mop. Um and you know that you know, we're getting really spooky about this. We're both getting really bad vibes and this thing is keep you know, telling us unpleasant things. And uh she had told us beforehand that if we wanted to get hold of her, we needed to Okay. Okay, okay. Had to Sorry. had to put a piece of we had to do it on a piece of paper. We had to put the letters um, yes, no, goodbye, and a cross at the top. We had to have the cross at the top. So we got a piece of paper and we put the letters on it and we got a shot glass. And, you know, because we, we knew we weren't going to get her through the board. And so we went through the paper and we said, you know, this is getting really bad. What are we supposed to do? And she said, basically, we had to burn the board. Well, how do you burn a Ouija board? You know, and she told us, you know, that we had to take it outside and burn it. And um, so we went out and we put the thing in the garbage can and we started on fire. And Chris, of course, is right there beside me. He's not going to leave me. And this black, thick, oily smoke comes up. Oh, I can't even see it. It comes up and it starts to turn toward us. And there's no wind. Okay, so I turned toward us, and Chris walked between us and the garbage can, and the smoke turned away. Well, that kind of went, you know, to get response. Mm -hmm. well, so we moved to another side of the can to get away from the smoke. And it, we hit all four sides, and all four sides, that smoke tried to come to us, and all four sides, Chris walked between us and kept it from getting to us. When it was burned up and we put the fire out, we went in and we got a piece of paper and and we talked to her and she said that Chris was our guardian and he was protecting us from it. Um, and that if we ever needed her 
we could go through the paper, but that was all. That was, and after we used it each time, we had to destroy it because, right. yeah. Um, Aga did not go away. <laughs> um, Aga was around for my birth. Aga's been around to put my dad to sleep, yeah. and he can't sleep. Chuck was, mm -hmm. we were having trouble sleeping. And Chuck, I can't sleep. I mean, let's, I'll ask Aga because she can calm me. And he says, well, ask her to help me. So, you know, Chuck can't sleep. Aga, what do you think? What do we suggest? And she's going to think fog. And he's huffing and puffing at me. And about 10 minutes later, he goes, it's not working. So, you know, I check in with Aga, and her response was, I said, think fog, not pea soup. And he was asleep immediately. She couldn't find a pea to fog. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, be my method for going to sleep. <laughs> think fog, and she put him out. Um, I think she still hangs around the house on occasion. I, well, I, I know that when I was pregnant with Tracy, when I went into labor, it took me a while to have her. I do not remember half of labor. Mm -hmm. But according to the nurses, I was coming up with off-the-wall comments that had been in stitches the entire time. Evidently, Aga was doing her thing, and I don't remember. I remember, like, two good contractions, and then it was, you know, they're down. I have felt Aga. I have been aware of her presence in the house yeah presence and it's 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 not it's not an oppressive presence it's a warm supportive presence when she's there um she i will hear her laugh at something that has happened you know there there was a night that one of my guy friends spent the night after Joel and I were married. And mom and dad and I had flown out to Maryland for, for family vacation stuff. But um, Uncle Monkey spent the night and he says, why am I dreaming about someone yelling at me for being in the house? And Joel like, well, so there's a story. And he tells about Aga. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, well, that explains it. Because now why am I dreaming about Star Trek parties in the house? And, and Joel's like, well, because Star Trek's a thing. And, and he goes, Okay, so Aga like Star Trek parties here. Okay, sure. I don't know. It's, it's what Monty told me. And I'm like, okay, you know, go for it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't doubt that she was there because we had such an eclectic group. That, but there were no Ouija boards in, in, no. in the house. Right. There was nothing what? ever again. Cindy never, she covered her mirrors after that explosive thing. I don't blame she her. never had a mirror in her bedroom again. Mm -hmm. Tracy works at I worked at Evangeline's for years and the boss like, we're gonna get Ouija's world. Like, I am not gonna touch that. Mm -hmm. I won't dust it. I won't you know, we sold one and I had the customer I'm like, okay, I love you to death. I have a I, I don't touch those. We have a family history of them. You can just put that into the bag, thank you very much, and put it down and I ain't touching the bag now. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> not my cuppa. Having experienced one seance when I was at the USO where an entity took exception to us being there and going for one of the girls. She was newly married and pregnant and she was in the room and she suddenly was like, oh my God, he's after my baby. 
no, no, no. And it was an immediate, you know, we went into the Lord's Prayer and that was it and it was gone. Mm -hmm. But it was so bad that when I got up the next morning, my mother came into the kitchen and she said, what upset you last night? And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, what scared you last night? Oh, well, and I told her, and she goes, all she knew, she was in bed, all she knew was that I was at her door, to open the door, and I stand there, and I said, mother, and I don't call my mom, I never called my mom mother unless it was dire straits. Dire right. And that woke her up, and she said, what? And I said, mother, again, and she started to sit up, and when I said it the third time, she knew something was terribly wrong. She got up, and of course, I wasn't home. I was down at the O. I was scared. I was scared. But that's a whole other thing. There's a whole side yeah, thing. There's a whole side That's a whole other thing. <laughs> but I know that she. I know that she checks in periodically, and she, you know, she she thinks the world of Chuck. Just, she's just, just calls him, she just calls him faint. And there was one time when she mentioned Chuck's, uh, Cindy's husband, Skip. And Cindy said, well, what was it? And she says, Chuck knows. And I said, Chuck, not think. And of course, we asked Chuck, and he you know, had no idea what we were talking about. But um, <laughs> she... <laughs> Skip isn't around anymore. Yeah, Skip's gone. gone. But, right. but um, <laughs> you know, Aga was just... Really, but Cindy is still around. Oh, Cindy yes. is close by. We, Cindy's my other mother. She's the, the Heather's mother, right? Yes. Okay. The, the yeah. one that I have a twinning with. Yes. Yeah. She's my other mother. <laughs> we brought her from Wisconsin to be closer to us because she was having a horrible time. Mm -hmm. And you know, we both have these good memories. She went. That's when she got rid of Skip. Yay! <laughs> she lost all that dead weight, right? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yep, yep, yep. But you know, we just. Well, I got to say, it's the first time I've heard a story about a Ouija board being sort of a positive thing. I mean, the, not all I mean, of it, I mean, but yeah. Getting a spirit yeah. that's in hell, but is a positive influence on me, you and your lives. It makes and, me think that there are people trapped there that need to understand that if they are truly repentant, they can mm -hmm. be, you know, say, because she was. Exactly. And then she was able to move on as a result yes. of it. Yes. And she's free. I, I, I mean, when I feel her. When we first came across her in the board, there's a heaviness, uh -huh. okay, where she is. And she had to answer that question, Satan, the first time. Right. There's not that heaviness now. So, you know, uh -huh. she, she's, above, she's among us unless she's, I don't know, in re, what's the word, reincarnated into somebody else, and maybe she'll have another life, yes. you know? Definitely. She deserves it. She uh -huh. was a sweet person. Well, I think it's great because, you know, every time I hear a story about a Ouija board, it's usually a very negative story. And yours is not so negative, which I which I really enjoy. Um, but now you know how to destroy a Ouija board. Yeah. You need well, to have your animal with you. The <laughs> thing is, when I was a kid, I, I my mother had bought me Kreskin's ESP. I don't know if you've ever seen that or heard of it. Well, basically, the psychic Kreskin, he had marketed a, a, for lack of a better term, board game where you can do all sorts of psychic experiments and things like that on it. One of the things in the game was a Ouija board, but it was it had a different sort of setup. And um, but I mean, for all intents and purposes, it was still a Ouija board. 
I played with it and I don't think I ever had a single bad experience with it, which is why it kind of trips me up when I hear all these negativity involving the Ouija board, especially something that was manufactured from Milton Bradley. Yeah. Well, who do you think makes the Ouija boards? That's my point. (laughs) (laughs) That's my point. It's a game. It's a toy. And yet you get these negative entities that actually come through and attach themselves to people and the board. And And you got to wonder how, considering it's just a manufactured game. This entity took an instant dislike, especially to Cindy. Especially to Cindy. But I did not feel comfortable once, you know, once Augur left. I'm, I'm trying to think if we ever got anyone other than that. We got somebody, but they wouldn't tell us their name. And I didn't like it. I didn't get a good feeling from that person either. Well, I don't get a good feeling when a real person won't tell you the name either. Yeah. So, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think we just got very lucky that we came across Aga mm-hmm. and we did. Oh, and by real, I mean living. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my opinion. Well, Penny, thank you for that story. That was great. Amazing. Anyway, we're going to go on to uh, Adri. She has another story from another friend of ours. Go ahead, dear. Okay. <laughs> Who's this one from? This is Aaron Rivera. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Aaron. I know you listen all the time. Yes, especially when you're in the car. And we're glad to have it. So to return the favor, she's going to tell your story. Go ahead. Uh, when I was a small child, my grandma, Frances, spoke of a man with big hands. She spoke of him often. One day, she admitted to me that he was my real grandfather, Claude Lairam. Lairam. Lairam that the man we knew as grandpa was actually her second husband, Roy Martin, whom she married after the passing of my real grandpa. Claude and Francis had six children, which included two sets of twins. Claude was a faithful and dutiful husband who tended the garden and managed the house and finances. Grandma had a taste for the drink. She would leave for the bar where she would eventually meet Roy. One night, one of the twins... The boy and the girl, no idea their names, only they currently reside in West Sacramento and that they are both judges, had taken ill. Claude set off to find my grandmother where he found her at the bar in the arms of Roy. After an exchanging of words, my grandfather ended his romance Grandfather, Grandma, I think that's supposed to say grandmother. My grandmother ended her romance and promised to end I'm no, confused. grandfather. Grandfather promised to end the romance. To end the romance and promised to end their marriage. He congratulated Roy on his happiness and went home. Okay, I misunderstood that. Mm-hmm. The next morning, Claude woke my mother and all of her siblings and took them out to the garden. He told them that my grandmother loved her roses and to keep them watered for her. He told them that he loved them all very much and that he wanted nothing but success for them. These accounts were from both the second set of twins my uncle Larry and Gary Lathram and my aunt Dolores Lathram. Larum. Larum, excuse me. Maybe you should have read this one. Would you like me to take over? <laughs> Afterward, Claude went to their barn with his gun and shot himself that very day. Of course, with no with him gone, Roy moved in and he and Francis were eventually married. Unable to cope with so many children, Francis was forced by her new husband to put one set of twins up for adoption. Roy wasn't a nice man. He criticized all 
most everything everyone did, yet Roy and Grandma seemed happy. He had a good job at KVIE Channel 6 in Sacramento and provided for his new family. Roy what? Roy Martin? Martin, I think. Said, yes, Mommy knew him. He used to work Channel 6. Okay. You know Roy. Small okay. world. Small world. <laughs> anyway. I have to wonder if my grandma knew that Grandpa Roy secretly had a thing for little girls. Years later, my mom's sick and my dad incapable of caring for us. We moved into Grandma and Grandpa. And of course, the pattern of abuse continued. With the knowledge of what was coming, my sister Jamie and I, scared that he would visit us, would stay awake until we were sure he was asleep. Many long nights, we remained awake, hoping that with the two of us awake, Roy would leave us alone. As we huddled together at night, we... In fear, we started seeing a figure walk the halls. He would walk from my grandmother's room to the bathroom, always pushing to check, pausing to check on us. When he started seeing this man, when we started seeing this man, we stopped seeing Roy. One day, the news of Grandma Frances' terminal illness came. We all wept. All of her children visited, minus the twins that, that were put up for adoption, and my mother, who had previously passed away. We all sat and talked, remembering the good times with Grandma, and we talked and talked. Okay, hold on. Talked. We realized that a ghostly figure had joined us. An older man's image appeared in every picture frame every and every mirror we passed. From that day on, until we left the house, his face would constantly appear in the pictures and mirrors around the house. I didn't know who it was at the time, but I found out that he was my Grandpa Lerham. Mm -hmm. Liam. Uh, there were many happenings with Grandpa. I'd like you to remember the name Claude as I go. There's a reason for it. Well, that's his name. Yeah, but there's a reason behind it. Okay. Keep reading. <laughs> she said it was long. She wasn't kidding. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it... It is a very relevant name to a very relevant curse, I've been told, our family has upon it. Those named after Grandpa would die horrible because of it. My mother's name was Claudia. My Aunt D, Dolores, had a daughter named Claudette. Both were named after Claude. Both lived cruelly, both lives cruelly snuffed out because of the curse. Cousin Claudette was the second daughter of Aunt D. Much like her mom, D had a taste for the drink, and because... Roy raised her. She was also abusive and mean. She didn't parent when she drank. She didn't parent when she drank. She didn't parent when she drank. Mm -hmm. We lived with her after leaving my grandparents' home. Claudette would cry. Sometimes he would give her alcohol to quiet her so that she could entertain the, ma the men she had over. One night, Mary, Dee's first daughter, was holding poor Claudette. Claudette had such a high fever and wouldn't stop crying. Dee, of course, dosed her with drink and walked away. Mary says Claudette began to convulse and died where she lay in her crib. But Mary and Claudette were not alone. When she passed, there was a figure of a man over her crib as she died. So when my son Morgan was born, uh, when my son Morgan was a baby, Roy died. He slipped and fell in the bathtub while my Aunt Dee was in the store. When Dee came home, she found him as she... Walked out of the bathroom, there was a there was Claude, her father's face once again in every mirror, every picture. He smiled and faded away. Mom was a terribly abusive person. I won't go into details, but will only state that she 
had terrible plans for me, very similar to Roy's when we were children. As fate would have it, mother was thrown from a moving truck and lay dying on the sidewalk in front of UC Davis Medical Center's emergency room. It would seem that the curse of my grandfather's name, Claude, had finally caught up with his, his daughter, Claudia. Goodness, Aaron, that's that's some heavy stuff. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, it was. I thought it was pretty heavy when it was. That's pretty heavy. <laughs> editing that one for her. Goodness gracious. Uh-huh. Uh, Take a breath. Yeah. No, no. She. <laughs> I, I know some of her family history besides this uh-huh. stuff on top of it, and yeah, it's some pretty pretty hectic stuff. So yeah. she's she's been plagued by harsh and heavy stuff her whole whole life. I hope that was cathartic for you, Aaron, to tell that story, too. Um, we were really happy that you were willing to share that with us. Thank you for that. Sorry, I, I probably didn't do it justice enough. I kept tripping over my own tongue. So. Uh, Actually, I think Mom's going to go through all her pictures of working Channel no, 6. No, 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 no. no. Okay. Yeah, you just kind of perked up when you heard that name <laughs> and, and Channel 6. Well, we volunteered there for, mm-hmm. I was a world genius 12 year old, or sorry, 16 year old for four years before I actually hit 16. So right. we hung out there a lot. Well, his name was Roy Martin. Roy Martin. And she didn't give me any dates as to when he worked there. So I couldn't say for no. sure. But Well, if Roy didn't actually pass away until Morgan was a baby, and Morgan's then... going to be 18 come December, January. Yeah. So it went around 2000, I, 2002, so something coming, like that. I, I only got to know the guys that were right yeah, there. Anything's possible, though. Yeah. I mean, six degrees of separation everywhere. Yep. So. Less by, by hanging out with us, so just saying. <laughs> okay. The one that stays in my mind is chilling. That's not me. Right, right. Okay, well, I'm going to go into another story here. This is from my friend Brandy L. Landa Manhart. Um, friend of mine used to work with over at Walmart. She's uh, moved on to bigger and better things with her family now, but she uh, was kind enough to tell me her story. So here it goes. She starts off with saying, I grew up knowing my father had a shadow person. It's like his own shadow person that has followed him around his entire life. It even saved him from drowning once while in the military. She says, after my mother and father separated at age five, my father moved to Susanville and remarried my stepmother, Gail. My father worked out of town a lot, so as I was with my mom, we were not allowed to say step. She was a great stepmom before committing suicide in 2005. She would ask me and my three stepbrothers and sisters to come snuggle in bed with her when my dad was working out of town. One summer morning, we were all asleep in mom's bed when we started hearing loud noises from the kitchen. And she emphasizes the word loud here, waking us all. No one was supposed to be there but us, and this sounded like the house was coming down. As an automatic reaction, and as children, we naturally all followed mom down the long hallway to the kitchen that was just starting to fill with morning light. So maybe five-ish or so. We get to the kitchen, and there, right in front of our eyes, was my father's shadow person throwing every pot and pan out of the cupboards, at the walls, at the ground, at the ceiling, then stopped, faced us, and started throwing items our way. I remember clear as day, wooden spoons hitting the wall next to my head. Our mother gathered the four of us up, and we piled back up on the bed until it was over. A good five minutes of pure destruction. 
Eventually, we went back to the kitchen to find broken dishes, plates, and glasses everywhere, even all the way into the living room. There was glass stuck in the wall until my dad came home because she wasn't strong enough to pull it out. It's something that I will never forget. And like I said, this was 30 years ago. She was the coolest and wish I had her here today. Saying, Mom, remember that time. She says the Shadow Man still exists till this day, too. Last time she was in Susanville, which was just a couple months ago, she saw him standing in, in her dad's doorway in the early morning, again facing him sleeping in his room. Uh, Dad said this has been going on since high school and doesn't have any idea why him or why it started. Didn't we suggest to her that it was uh, possible that he had a twin? Yeah, that did come up in conversation. Um, and she, about that, her response was, wow, I never thought about that. Yeah. She said she's going to talk her dad about that because it's like, why him? I have not, but dad had so many instances with that shadow person. Other people could see it. In the military, he drowned in training and four guys told the same story about him being pulled ashore by a shadow figure. It's pretty amazing. I saw him with my own eyes, too. It's real, no doubt. It boggles the mind. If you haven't watched Paranormal Activity yet, you would love it. Maybe that's why I'm so into this stuff, because of what's happened. I yeah. get that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. When she told I that was my first thought was maybe there was a twin when she first told us. So. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, we thought about stuff like that. Our mind goes to other things. When we hear things, we don't always think the, the you know, straight and narrow. We kind of go to the left or the right. <laughs> you're, you're allowed to. That, that's looking at all the possibilities, all horizons. Okay, well, I'm going to go into one more story. This is from a new friend of mine. Her name is Juliana. She hosts a podcast also. It's called International Tea with Juliana. It's on Apple Podcasts um basically it's just just another talk show like ours <laughs> sort of thing like ours yeah so she says uh that her mom actually has even oh no i'm skipping ahead sorry about that <laughs> oops she said to me hello i saw your post on ghost stories and have one that's not necessarily scary but for some context i never met my grandpa he died before i was born he had cancer I was eight years old and was going to stay at my grandma's house for the night. And I got out of my mom's car, opened the gate, then turned to close it. And when I turned to face the main entrance, I see this figure of a man standing in front of me and smiling. And it lasted for a brief moment until my grandfather came out from inside and greeted me. Didn't see anything else the entire night. I stayed there. The next day when I got back home, I saw a black and white picture of him at my house and immediately recognized him as the man I saw the day before. When I told my mom, she smiled and told me that my grandmother sees him around the house from time to time as well. I like to think he's always watching over her and maybe wanted to see me as he didn't have the chance to before he passed. And then again, let me get back to the mom part here. Uh, she said her mom actually has the ability to connect with spirits in a way. She can feel their presence, but she's not com comfortable with having that. So she represses it, the ability. Uh, quite often, actually. She says, I uh, grew up Catholic from both my mom and dad's side and from my mom. She liked to listen to some tapes that had music and prayers recorded on them. And, sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> uh, 
and meditate while listening. She used to do this a lot. When she was pregnant with, with me, she did one of those meditations just before taking a nap, and she dreamed there was a black shadow with red eyes staring at her. She told me it felt like pure anger was emanating from it. The shadow gradually got closer, and it got close enough that it started to strangle my mom. She woke up startled, feeling like the breath got knocked out of her. When she got up to look, there were marks on her neck. She never used those tapes after that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, meditation tapes? Mm -hmm. that, that would be it. That would be gone. That's, yeah, no. That, that's an omen of something awful. To, no. Nope, nope. But, 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 okay, just triggered a memory. Heather and I, for years, would send... I don't know, protection against for each other. Mm -hmm. And and these black and red eyes. Well, my my thing that would go pick on Heather and, and she would probably still talk to you, you know, she would tell you about it today. Is Fizzgig, but he's black, you know, Fizzgig from from Dark, Dark Crystal. Shadow. Dark, Dark Crystal, Crystal, not Shadows. <laughs> That's a, a whole other show. show. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a Muppet on that one. Yeah, no, 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 no. no Muppets. <laughs> check on people that that's always been a, a spirit companion is a big black ball of teeth and red eyes but that's just how it's always manifest it's not a scary thing it's not a bad thing it's just a he goes over and checks on people and 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 i get i had friends go so why is there a why is the shadow smiling at me with red eyes what's it I'm like that's just checking on you you're fine it's okay <laughs> But they know to call me, but why is the shadow staring at me with red eyes? Because you needed help, and now you're calling me for help. What do you need? So, I don't know. Sit back a memory for that. Mm -hmm. Wow. <laughs> the phone. Sorry, my phone is just acting up. It keeps freezing on us for some reason, so it's kind of hard to see. Okay, I, I hate my phone right now. Sorry, folks. Anyway... <laughs> I, I had a few other uh, stories that I wanted to tell, but I think we're going to run out of time here soon. If I if I get into these, they're all actually pretty long. So, so this I, might actually be a shorter. We're going to do this in a second part down the road. Yay, I think we'll do two parts. Part. Yep, we'll have you guys come back and we'll tell more ghost if stories. If you want, nobody's forcing anybody to come back if they don't want to. <laughs> I want to. I want to have more time to be able to do this more often. But alas, well, we want you to have more time for that too. I'm a parent, so you know. Yes, you have little <laughs> ones and other little minor. Li and my mom's writing furiously down for things that she she's remembering. So okay. <laughs> there again. Prophetic cadence. Okay. Let let go. <laughs> Okay, got my phone working now. Thank you, dear. I appreciate the help with that. For <laughs> hey. some reason, I got into Messenger, and every time I tried to do something on it, it would lock up. But we got to work it again. It just likes me better than you. Apparently, that, <laughs> yeah, that and the cord you plugged into it. No, but it still, it likes me better than you. <laughs> anyway, before we go, I just wanted to do a, a couple shout-outs to some of my fellow podcasters out there who shared their stories, but unfortunately, because of time tonight, we were unable to actually get to them. We will, don't, don't get upset. We will get to them at a second. We're going to have a part two of the ghost stories. Yeah. So if anybody didn't get a chance to put in their ghost stories, we will still be taking submissions. We've got plenty of time. Part two. Part two. Part two. Part Yay, part there two. we go. Yep. 
So anyway, first of all, I want to thank Red from Red's Ramblings. He actually submitted some stuff to us tonight. And unfortunately, like I said, we couldn't get to it. Sorry about that, Red. We'll get to you next time, though. But here's your shout out. It's for Red's Ramblings. That's his podcast. Basically, what he does on those, he talks about current events, religion, music, and, and all sorts of other things like that. Um, along with him, we also have Linnell. She hosts a podcast called, uh, let me see here. Where is it? Life is there. It is. Yeah, uh, life is potpourri. That's, and, is that just her new episode, or is that no? Life is potpourri. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. It's what we take for granted. That's actually okay. The, I thought that was podcast. the episode name. Um, either way, though, um, basically, uh, what she talks about on her podcast is life issues. Um, you know, she she comes from. Uh, uh, some domestic violence background and she's a lupus warrior so she basically she's empowering herself with this podcast and and uh, others like her and others like her and we're, we're really glad that she's podcasting i think i'd like to pick her brain well, about... i got the link for her and i've got her on messages so we can talk to her anytime we want now yay, yay. thanks linnell we appreciate you you know, submitting your story and we will get story? to it uh, no, I didn't do her story, okay. but we will get to it on the next podcast when we do the ghost stories again. Anyway, I think that's going to cover it for tonight. And I'd like to thank our guests, Tracy Lynn Hernandez and Penny Cusick. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm like, I'm horrible with names. And the only reason I know Tracy so well is because we chat on Facebook and, and whatnot. And we've known about each other for years now. <laughs> next week, now, next week, we're going to actually have a psychic medium on. Her name is, uh, or the name she goes by is Willily Machant. She, uh, again, she's a psychic medium out of New Orleans. New Orleans. Do it right. However you want to pronounce it. However you want to pronounce it is fine. Um, she uh, is also part of a, a radio show dealing with uh, the paranormal. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but I will remember it when we have her on. <laughs> also, uh, she does uh, remote readings. So if anybody's possibly interested, uh, we she'll... Don't sell her yet. No, we're no. not selling her, selling she, her, but... She hasn't said she'll do anything like that. Yet. She says she does remote readings. She does, it doesn't mean she'll do them tomorrow. I'm night. not talking about doing them on the show. I'm talking okay. about people might be interested in... Okay, now that I've been interrupted... Read me. Pretty much, pretty much. Basically, I'm letting our listeners and our group know that she does remote readings. I don't know what her fee is, but she, you know, hit her up if you happen to see her on our on our group. Is she part of our group? Oh, yeah, she's part of our group. She goes under the name Linda Rolden on Facebook. Okay, well, anyway, <laughs> did you just out her or something? No, no. I hope I didn't out her, but... Well, you might not have it's, to edit it. It's, it's a whole Facebook issue, she says. She can't go by Willow on Facebook or something. There's, there's, there's no way to prove that that's your legal name. Exactly, exactly. Chaos. Yeah. Or... Yes, and Facebook's become quite, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll just leave it alone. <laughs> I'm hardly ever on Facebook anymore. So anyway, before we go, is there anything you guys want to plug? Got any events or anything Mom coming up soon? Was talking about you know our Star Trek club that yeah. I was raised in, that, that she's raised me in. We have four writers now that, that have become, or four members that have become published, published authors. Writers. One of them is an artist, and it's a book of his art. Ooh, David Kirkle. Cool. I'll have to work. check that out. And then there was Michael, Michael 
Johnston, who's got several books. Whitening Gyre. Oh boy, he's gonna hurt me when he sees it. I haven't forgotten the other name. I've got the brain cell. I've got the brain cell. Yep. And then Michelle Levine's series of books that are out there. So check it out. There's Michael. Oh no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, sure you know. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Alan. Yeah, I know Alan. Okay, I haven't read any of Helen's stuff. I've read Alan's stuff though. I do like what he what he puts out. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I know Alan pretty well as far as you know Facebook friends and all that. So cool. Another, another family I, I didn't know he was part of that. Oh yes, mm-hmm. oh yes. Mm-hmm. He and his wife were part of the group. Shout out to Alan. Hey Alan. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Alan, and your Alan. wife. Hi Alan. Give it. Give us a shout out. Tell us that you heard us. Go Definitely. Ahead. As I wave at the microphone. Oh, we're all <laughs> waving at the microphone. Yay! It's kind of a thing. Everybody waves at the microphone. Well, that's going to cover it for tonight. Um, Thank you again for being here. Yep. Thanks, Thanks for, for definitely. It was a pleasure. We hope to see you guys on here again. And if I know you like I do, you will. <laughs> you will be She's here. She's got the bug. It bit her. She has the bug. It's bitten her. Definitely. <laughs> I just have to budget my time to come back. I want to be back all the time. Budgeting. <laughs> 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 Mom flutters her eyes at you. Aw. No, I did that that much until I was reading Michelle's book and she talked about my character, fluttering her eyelids at somebody and goes, You do it all the time. You're so good at it, actually. <laughs> I can't. Well, that's what authors do. They take they take people they know and they put them in their she books. Told me I would find my character. She wrote one book called Friendly Fire based on our club. Mm-hmm. Okay. And she said, You'll find yourself in there. And I was reading along and I got the wrong person to begin with. And I said, no, keep reading. So I read it and found. <laughs> Don't feel bad. I throw people in my stories all the time. I even throw my cat into one of our stories. <laughs> we don't have that cat anymore. Nope. But he, he lives on as a familiar. It's all good. Anyway, again, that's going to do it for tonight. We appreciate you listening to us. Hope you listen to us again. Uh, again, check us out. If you need to email us, it's whatinthepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a message at the description, the link in the description. Sorry about that for the podcast. <laughs> Click on that. You hit that record button and you send us a message. Also, we encourage everybody who's listening to join our Facebook group, the What in the Podcast Facebook group. Sorry, it's not as original as it could be, but there you go. Gee, that's really <laughs> on the nose, huh? No. It's an easy one to remember. <laughs> it is very easy to remember. Thank you for listening tonight. Thanks a lot. We'll see you all next week. Enjoy your weekend. Night. Uh, before we go, folks, I just wanted to say if I missed you on the podcast uh, shout outs, send me an email or message me on Facebook. Let me know and I'll make sure to get you get your shout outs on the next episode. Use the video, the, the, the recording part. Yeah, Let's do that. It's you great. Do your shout out. It works really well. Yeah, advertise. <laughs> you can find Michelle Levine online. That's true. <laughs> Night all. What in the?